Welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. We're going to be reading again out of Matthew 28, um, starting in verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Hey, everybody. Good to see you. Um, we forgot to announce this earlier, but uh, for our Discover Faith Conversation series, we have another friend of mine coming in. So this is Matt. Hi, guys. Yeah. Matt, um, Where do you remember the first time we met? I think so. Were yeah. we building terrain together? Oh, probably. That's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. We were we were nerding out together. Yeah. yeah. Good times. I wore my my Hogtown 40K uh, T-shirt um, just to kind of commemorate that. And uh, man, I one of my one of my favorite memories is when we when we did that huge uh, mega battle thing, Warhammer. This is another one of my Warhammer friends. <laughs> <laughs> just out your nerdness from the beginning. Oh my! Right from the beginning. Yeah. So we were just like we had what. 20 people around a table. 20 people. Something like that. We we're having a great time. Yeah. We had lots of models on the board. We we're moving around. Yeah. Things were getting blown up. And yeah. And I think I was generally being a pain in your butt. In you particular. definitely were. Yeah. So sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. But that's always why I play that game. I like to see things die. I wanted like my guys to just have fun. It's yeah. about a game and the interaction with people. And yeah. You know, being yeah. social. Exactly. And I think that's what I that's what I love about you in particular, man. You're just. You're so much fun. It's easy to hang out with you. It's easy oh. to talk to you. And so, yeah, it's just great. I love it. So, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. What, are, what are you into? Uh, well, um, you know, it's, it's weird because it's, I used to always identify by my career and everything I would do. And I've recently learned that that's not who I am, right? Mm. I have a day job. I enjoy my day job, but it's definitely not who I am. Uh, so for me, I am just someone that enjoys being around people, being social. Uh, for me, I'm a huge nerd. I love things that are like Star Wars, Star Trek. I love 40K and playing with, you know, different models. I don't necessarily like the painting part of the models. I just like the playing part. I like the yeah. social part of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think for me, what really has... I've learned recently is how important family is. And mm -hmm. I think this, the, the COVID crisis has really highlighted that for me and not being around my, you know, my, my nieces, around my sister, around my parents, it's just sometimes really difficult. So, yeah. you know, it's crazy how we have found digital ways of being able to connect, yeah. uh, to try and maintain those, the things that are important to us. Yeah. So, and it's, uh, it's like, it's the best we can. You know, yeah, but nothing will ever replace the face to face. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, that's so cool. I love, I love that you you said like, man, we put so much of our identity into career, job, stuff like that. I see that all over the mm -hmm. place in in the city. Um, do you, did you see anything change for you when you kind of like were like, oh my goodness, that's not my like the fullness of who I am? Yeah, I, I mean, 
I have personally been struggling with this for some time is trying to figure out where my identity truly lies and mm. sort of who I am as a person. But I think COVID really helped highlight that for me, right? Which yeah. is I want, I value my job. I value the people I work with. I value the work I do, but I don't want that to be who I am. I don't yeah. want that to be day in and day out. And I've definitely noticed a huge shift. Yeah. You know, it's all about, you know, thinking about the people around me and how are, you know, the impact that this is having on them and how can we help and, yeah. you know, just being empathetic to them and trying to figure out what I can do. And that's what's really struggled or caused me to struggle is trying to figure out, you know, what can I do? There's a lot of bad things happening right now. Yeah. And I sometimes wonder, you know, what can I do? And if I try to do something and not be educated, am I making it worse? Right. I don't know. Right. So it's almost a fear, which yeah. is maybe why I'm not doing too much because I'm worried. I'm right. afraid. So yeah. I shouldn't be doing that. No, man, that's, I mean, that's real. Like, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm sure for, I don't, I don't know everybody's uh, situation, but like we're doing this, this food bank thing, food delivery. And I'm sure there's people out there. Actually, I had one of my, one of my friends, you may have met him, um, uh, through the Warhammer stuff, but you know. Uh, he was like, man, I'm so conflicted because there's like, I feel like there's stuff I could do. And I see you posting about this food bank stuff. And he's like, what do I do, you know, with my, with my pregnant wife at home, you know, right. like, is that an issue? And who knows? And, and I, I kind of get some of those fears and, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how, uh, that comes up in an identity conversation, right? Like what is. I wonder if something changes when we know like exactly who we are. If That's you, right. Can you know that fully? I don't even know. You know, I think that this has taught us a lot about ourselves, yeah. right? Um, my my partner is a COVID nurse, or a COVID nurse. Well, not normally a COVID nurse, but is now a COVID nurse and deals yeah. with COVID patients, you know, all day long during his shifts. And that is something that has really prompted me to sort of step back and go, could I do that job? Would I want to do that job? Oh man, yeah. Uh, and then I also notice how people interact with me knowing that I'm around someone who is around COVID patients all the time. And, you know, it reminds me of that feeling of being different yeah. and, you know, people are, you know, keeping me at a distance and stuff right. like that. So it's, you know, COVID is, I think for a lot of people has brought up a lot of past issues and sort of makes them boil up to the top as well or to yeah. the surface. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, do you feel like you have an answer to that question? Like, who am I? No. That's like, that's like deep. We're getting like, yeah, right oh my gosh, I definitely right don't have already. an answer to that question. <laughs> I, I mean, if I, if I knew the answer to that question, I think I would, I don't know. I, isn't that what life is about is to figure out who we are and to love the people around us. And yeah. I don't know if we should ever say, I could ever say I know who I am. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like if I if I say I know who I am, that means I'm stopping. And right. I'm saying that I'm okay with where I am. Hmm. And don't, shouldn't we always be trying to learn and grow and change and become better? Sure, yeah, yeah. I love that. There's, uh, like, so there, there's a couple things in there that, that resonate with me that I'm like, oh, man. So in certain aspects, you, you can't answer the question. And in other aspects, there's so much more to explore, right? Mm -hmm. so, so what you said about the job thing, right? So many people identify themselves with what they do, right? Um, another way, and immediately after you said, oh, I don't know, is it just about like loving people? That's when you transition to relationship. And do we def can we define ourselves by our relationships? I'm a son, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a brother, I'm a, right. and is there something beautiful and valuable about that? And so for the, for the, for the Christian, and I feel pretty confident saying this part of it most of the time is like, I'm a son, 
of, and we'll get into to kind of your background um, later, but you know, you, you have a little bit of church background, so you probably are a little bit familiar with this term, right? Like God is a heavenly father, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and so like I can say confidently as a Christian, like I'm a son of a good, loving father. And then when we talk about fear, how does that connect to our identity? That frees me up from so many fears. I'm like, oh man, sweet, okay. But then the last thing you said that I love was, aren't we always learning? And for the Christian that is, man, this is like, <laughs> like I probably already said, you know, uh, some really dumb things and already today, you know, <laughs> and, and screwed some things up and whatever, right? Like, and there's something in me that, that I'm always on this journey towards. For me, it's being more like Jesus, who's like the one who doesn't do some stuff, like the stupid stuff that I do, right? He's still got a sense of humor. He's not, he's definitely not boring. He got invited to all the parties, but um, uh, anyway, yeah, so. I mean, I would have had to assume that Jesus was probably a very funny person, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if that's ever really documented anywhere, but I have to assume, right? Yeah. Someone who is that good has probably got goodness in his heart, but I find people with goodness in their heart can be hilariously funny because that's a great way of demonstrating love, and it's just another way of demonstrating love, I think. Yeah, if if uh, if we read um, through the life of Jesus in, in the Bible, maybe a little more, uh, with that lens, like, is Jesus funny? You probably would come across some things where you would actually start to laugh out loud, right? But we approach the Bible sometimes, we're like, it's serious time, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so there's one, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, oh, for, you know, for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven, it's like trying to fit a camel through the eye of a needle, and you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, I can visualize that, it'd be hilarious. Exactly, that's, yeah. God, good one, Jesus, nice, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, anyway, so, so let, let's, let's jump there. Cause we're, we're kind of here. Um, you, uh, you have like an intense, like religious background in family life and upbringing. Tell us a little bit about that. What's that I been do. like? Uh, so I grew up in Kitchener, Waterloo, about an hour West of here, West. Yeah. yeah. West of here. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, my dad, very religious individual. I grew up in the Lutheran faith. Mm. Um, uh, my dad, very religious. We would go to church. You know, every Sunday we would go for Bible studies. I went through confirmation processes. I was confirmed. I we were very active in yeah. the church. Uh, my parents are still very active uh, in in the church. I have many aunts and uncles and cousins that have all become uh, ministers in various different faiths. Yeah, uh, in various faiths. various, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so some of them are there's different denominations or yeah. synods within the Lutheran faith. So some of right. them have taken uh, different parts of the Lutheran faith, right. and others have left the Lutheran faith and gone to other faiths as hmm. well. Hmm. Uh, so it was always an interesting challenge, sort of as this, you know, a gay man growing up trying to I'd figure out my sexuality and yeah. how that reconciled with things that I would hear. Uh, from my relatives, from my family, from church, stuff like that. So that was always, always very something that I always, that always weighed on me. Yeah. Um, you know, I would sometimes, especially as I Because it's all around, like, like this kind of talking, I, I don't know what those feelings are like for you early on, but you're like, you're always hearing stuff. Not that we're always talking about sexuality all the time in the church. I mean, we could probably <laughs> do, do to talk about it, maybe, maybe even a little more so we can, because that's part of the yeah. problem is, is ignorance. We don't have the conversations so we don't know. But it's around, and it comes up. And, uh, and so, yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, continue on. No, I think it was, it was definitely just an interesting 
It was always difficult because I always used to, especially in my formative years growing up, I always enjoyed going to church because of the social element and the community yeah. element of it. Um, and my friends were there. I would have relatives there. So it, was, it really was this once a week, you got a chance to be social with all the people you care about. Yeah. And it's that like, was it's like the party, right? That's like, right. Go to the party. Yeah. Then, and then all of a sudden when I started to identify my sexuality probably around the age of like 13 and 14. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it became really difficult because I started to realize that I was different and I was different in my mind. I was different in a way that was bad mm. based off of, you know, I wasn't like anyone else in the church. Everyone was heterosexual couples with children. Uh, I clearly wasn't like them. Yeah. Uh, and then I would, you know, there would be some scripture, there would be some things that would be said, not to me, but I would be party to listening broad, to it. Yeah. And it really started to make me not feel welcome mm -hmm. uh, to the point where I wouldn't want to go to church because I just felt different mm -hmm. and it just wasn't for me. Yeah. And uh, so, so that's interesting. Can we just pause there. I want you to keep going on this. Yeah. But it's interesting because the conversation is be not even being had directly to you, but the way the conversation is happening more broadly um, is is just a hard environment to be in. Yeah. Right. So, and without even even anyone saying you're not welcome here, you're starting to feel that pressure. Yeah, it's you. The pressure is you feel different. Yeah. Because you can visually see that, or I could visually tell or see that I wasn't like other people. Right. Yeah. I'm already, I talk with my hands a lot, especially when I was younger, I was incredibly flamboyant and you know, I was this loud, vibrant kid. Yeah. Um, and no one ever Which would is say like a lot of church kids. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but I was just this loud, you know, this, sh and, but at the same time, I was also really shy. Yeah. Um, and always clamoring for approval. Right. right? And that was, always a really difficult thing because I was hiding the secret that if anyone ever in my mind, yeah, if I knew or I thought that if someone knew my secret, I would never get that approval anymore. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was, it's a really hard thing for a child to reconcile sure. is approval of not just your, like your direct, like parents and siblings or of your sort of close family, but of your community. Yeah. And that's, that's terrifying for a child. Because yeah. I know as an adult, I have choices. I have options around me. I can build my own network of friends, my own network that I can call my family. Yeah. But as a child, you don't realize any of those things. So it was always and, really and difficult. Just, and you can't, even if you, even if you realize it, it's like, you're so powerless, you know, <laughs> like I described my daughters, like, you know, they're, they're just trapped in these little bodies and they just right? like have so little control over their life, you know? It is. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you talked about this idea that it's, it's sometimes we just don't realize what we're doing to others around us because mm. sometimes there are differences that are hidden yeah. and we don't realize, right? Um, you know, and that was always what sort of struck me, right? I would hear my dad make some comment about a gay person mm -hmm. and, you know, my dad was not being malicious towards me. There was no bad intent. He had no idea. Yeah. Uh, and it was just a really... It was a really terrifying thought that one day I was going to have to come out to these people and I was going to have to deal with some form of a, what in my mind was wrath of some kind and that I would right. be alone. Right. And I think that's what we're all terrified of yeah. is being alone, right? Sure. We want a community. We want family. We want people like to be around that, us, right? right? Yeah, yeah. We are. Yeah. So that was what was always so fearful for me. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. I mean... I was thinking um, a couple of minutes ago, you're talking about a child trying to figure out their identity. And it's like, 
we're still struggling to figure that out now as adults, right? Mm-hmm. Like who are, I mean, it's, it's basically our, our mission statement at, at Trinity life is to discover identity and destiny for us. It's in Christ. Um, and, and there's just identity stuff all the time in all people. And it's like, Oh my gosh, it really is a, a problem, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, okay. So you're at this point, uh, in this journey, who, what's your, so, you know, you're, you're feeling this pressure from the community, uh, what people are saying, do you have some sort of semblance of idea of who God is? Like, is that, yeah, maybe even before the realization, did, what, what was that like? Like, who is God to you as the kid before all this pressure? And maybe how is that starting to change yeah. or, yeah. I was definitely a curious kid. Yeah. Uh, I've always been sort of the nerdy side of me has been with me my whole life. So I've yeah. always been inquisitive. I've always uh, wanted to understand how something worked or mm-hmm. I wanted to understand what made something itself. Right. So the idea of, of God was always a challenge for me, right? Because I would look at something like the Bible and then I would go to school and I would learn about dinosaurs. And for me, that was a really hard thing to reconcile (laughs) was this this leap of faith that I had to make. And that was always hard for me. So I always, every night before I would go to bed, I would always pray to God uh, and I would always ask sort of silly questions, sure. which was What's like... What's to do with dinosaurs, Jesus? I would yeah. literally say, I was like, what, what's with dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah. I don't understand this. And I never felt like from my religious leaders, I ever got a good answer. Sure. And I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah. I don't know what around, the right answer dinosaurs? for a child to, yeah. you know, when a child asks you about, you know, dinosaurs, you know, being hundreds of millions of years old. Right. And then, you know, the Bible telling me, you know, 2,000 years old or sure. forgive my my generalization there. No, but, that's all right. Yeah. And it was, that was always really weird for me. Uh, so then I would find these little things and then I started to kind of erode at my faith because people weren't giving me honest answers. Sure. And I it, wish it always sounded like, probably sounded prescripted. That's like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like I would be get, I would be my questions or my concerns would be, don't worry about that stuff. Just don't believe. worry about it. Yeah. Just believe. And I needed someone to help me understand. Yeah. Um, because I was looking for, Maybe this comes out the wrong way, but if Say it however, man. if the Bible yeah. was wrong about the beginning and the dinosaurs, maybe they're wrong about gay people. Sure. So I was always looking for some way to validate myself yeah, yeah. and make myself feel okay. Yeah. So, it, um, man, yeah, that's that, that's good. Um, we were talking about uh, we're our like staff team is going through the Bible right now. We're kind of like doing every book, trying to summarize and like paint us big storyline yep. by going every through every book of the Bible. Um, and, uh, and we kind of started with this premise, right? If like, if it starts off with in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, you kind of have to take that premise throughout it to be an honest reading of it. Yep. Right. Um, and so yeah, it makes sense that if that's not correct, then later when it talks about it, well, that also has to not be correct. God creating everything. Right. And it's, it's easy for someone to latch onto it, right? I could, it allows me to rationalize it by saying, well, if this is wrong, then that can be wrong. And then everything is okay. Right. It just falls apart. It falls apart. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's, that's good, man. I, uh, I definitely like for myself, the, the journey is tough because I started outside of it. Like I didn't have this religious upbringing, like, you know, Bible studies and, you know, a whole bunch of religious uh, relatives and all this. And I kind of started with a more, I don't know, you know, post enlightenment rationalistic mindset. 
and was analyzing it from the outside. Um, and so it was a weird to kind of take a step into something that's like, from my perspective at the time, was more like that, right? It was like, there are huge irreconcilable problems here, you know, uh, uh, from my perspective at the time. And uh, I, there's definitely a long journey to, to get but through it. But you, that's what's so great about your journey is that it is your journey and that you got to discover your faith your own way and uh, you have been able to take from it the parts that make the most sense for you and you've been able to then share those parts you know all the great parts the love the kindness the sharing yeah. everything that comes from you know some of the more uh you know uh, tenets that we learn from religion right yeah. i think every religion out there tells us be a good person look after your neighbors be kind sure and i just wish that more people would see and believe in those parts at yeah. the expense of some of the more segregational parts or is that a word segregational yeah. or segregationist parts of the bible right i uh, you know it's so so it's funny because i um uh, so i actually um trying to put the fun back in fundamentalism <laughs> like in, in some sense like I'm actually fairly like orthodox in in my understanding of doctrine and stuff now I do hesitate saying that because what does that really mean um and uh and your understanding of that and my understanding of that still might be different right so it's hard to say things like that sometimes but um uh um but like what I what I do like about what you're saying is like sometimes the, the folks on that side of the fence say they believe in things like love, but they're not loving. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's almost like, hey, could you more fully believe what you're saying you believe? Yeah. As opposed to like, hey, believe it less and then you'll be better. And it's like, no, no. How about you actually believe it? Yeah. You know? Um, and uh, so, anyway, that's... Well, yeah. it's, you, you raise an interesting point because, you know... Uh, skipping a big part of sort of my coming out process and whatnot, yep. there was always, there ended up being some conflict between uh, a lot of my family around the idea of uh, homosexuality. And mm -hmm. there was, in a way, a division between the family where one side was about we should be loving, we should be accepting. It doesn't matter. You know, Jesus would say, love, be kind, yeah. accept, uh, and learn from each other. And then yeah. the other side said, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, the Bible says this. And in my mind, I was, I was like, but what would Jesus tell you to do in this case? Yeah. And that was what, again, I felt like there was these people that were corrupting or interpreting something in a way that didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's hard, man. Like I can't even, I can't even imagine what that struggle would be like. Like I had my own issues with my parents, but it was totally different than that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry that you kind of had to journey that I mean ultimately it's made me the person I am today sure um you know I've always been a conflict avoider most of my life I've just avoided right. conflict it's just something I do um but that was a scenario where there were other people fighting a battle for me and I wasn't fighting right. and on one hand that was very flattering but on the other hand it forced me to grow a backbone for yeah. a lack of a better phrase to say I'm the only person ultimately that can guide my own destiny. Hmm. And if I'm not willing to stand up for myself, you know, why are, why would I be wanting, why be asking, you know, my mom or my sister or my dad to be standing up for me? Because yeah. if I can't do it, then why are they doing it? It's really interesting. That's gotta be like a, a really, that's an identity thing right there. Yeah. It's like, who am I? You know, it's like, oh, I'm, I am, I can be free. I can be 
like strong I can be. There's yeah. something to discover there. Actually, that what you just said meant a lot to me because when you ask me my identity, I hate answering the question, what's my identity as a gay man? Because sure. I don't think being gay is my identity. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just part of who I am. Right. Um, but what you just said was my identity was I learned to sort of trust myself. I learned that my feelings are okay. Yeah. And I learned that, you know, who I am is, it's not a bad thing. I'm not a monster. I'm not, I'm not here to, you know, spread viruses and I'm not here to, you know, destroy religion. Right. I'm just a normal individual who's different yeah. and want to be accepted for who I am. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I, uh, I, <laughs> This this may be weird. I may have to explain it, but I wish more. <laughs> uh, I wish more uh, Christians would say heterosexuality is a sin as well. And I probably offended a lot of Christians out there when I said that. <laughs> um, so explain uh, yourself. Yeah. So what I mean is, and 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 the Christian side of the conversation misses this all the time. Is they're trying to point fingers, right? Uh, at people, which is where you get in this awkward position where you're like, but yeah. if we would just say, ah, oh, like, if we would just say we all screwed up, you know, like, can I, like, as a, as a straight man, can I, uh, you know, how do I live out my sexuality? Can I live it out in a dangerous way for me? Like, uh, in, in accordance to the, the Bible, right? If you're talking about how do I, how do I live to this mm-hmm. book, right? Well, if I look at porn, am I living to that book? Like, probably not, right? You know, um, if, you know, let's say I have a wife too, you know, and I'm, instead of focusing on, on her and, you know, loving her, pursuing her, engaging her, enjoying her beauty and her, in, in her fullness, you know, and I'm over here hiding uh, and neglecting her and whatever, right? Like, could that, could that be in God's eyes, like a sinful yeah. way to live out my own heterosexuality? But we don't talk about that. Well, that's, that's my point is I don't think inherently the act of sex, regardless of who you're having it with, as long as it's consensual, I don't see that as inherently bad. Right. But it's about, I think that there are bad people everywhere. Right. Right. I know some terrible gay people. I know some terrible straight right, people. Right. I also know some incredibly loving straight people and I know incredibly loving gay people. Right. So yeah. I don't think that we can just group people into different buckets yeah. and then just classify everybody that way. Yeah, totally. And, and that's, that's where the church gets the conversation wrong, right? Is, is one, just a lack of humility and, uh, and two, like realizing we're, we're talking about people and not ideas, you know? Yeah. Um, so, it, so that statement was, was so good. I got that basically from listening to your story. So can you tell me this, the journey with your dad? Like, <laughs> I, I, man, we were just, when, when we were chatting, I just love that story of how that changed. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely weird. I was, I was 17 when I came out and for me, that was a long time ago. Um, so it was 20 years ago or 21 years ago. And that was in the nineties. So it was still a very different world then. Uh, obviously, being gay was getting to be more accepted, a little bit more common, mm-hmm. um, but it's nowhere near sort of where, where we are today. Yeah. So there was a lot of fear, but I remember I, I had preconceived notions of what it meant to be gay. I also had preconceived notions of what it, you know, how, how a gay person would have to act, yeah. which was a lot of that flamboyant nature. Um, and I didn't necessarily feel like that. Uh, And so then I ended up sort of talking to people online and I realized that 
I was, you know, that they were just like me, that they appeared normal. They were normal people. They weren't mm-hmm. deviants. There weren't someone who wanted to hurt me. Yeah. They were just a normal person. And that was what made me realize that I needed to tell my parents yeah. because I loved my parents so much that I wanted them to know the person who I loved because yeah. I wanted them to be a part of my life with the person who I chose to love. Yeah. And that was my driving factor to tell my parents. But uh, I think I described the coming out process to you is in terms of a weight because yeah. as someone who is keeping a secret, I think it's not just about your sexuality. I think it's a secret in general. Sure. Every day I kept this secret to myself. It was like putting more and more weight on my shoulders. And yeah. it would, it came across in my schooling. It came across in my friendships with people, my relationships with my parents. And you would get more and more secluded because you were trying to keep a secret. Um, so ultimately I came out to my parents uh, and I came out to my mom first. And then a week later I came out to my dad. But the general premise of the experience for me was it was difficult to come out. It's yeah. not a pleasant experience. It's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. But the way I described it was take the weight that was on my shoulders, double it and put it back on my shoulders. <laughs> right. But the difference was, yeah. is that every single day that weight was getting lighter. We were taking weight off mm-hmm. rather than putting more weight on. Mm-hmm. So it is a difficult process to come out, but it gets better. Yeah. But my dad was an interesting one because my dad was never into sports. Uh, the only thing my dad loves to do is work on cars and woodworking, <laughs> work in his shop. That yeah. is my dad's life. He would go to work, yeah. he'd come home, you'd either find him in the garage, or you'd find him in the shop. Right. And as a young boy, I would spend all my time with my dad doing these things. Yeah, it'd be like the coolest thing ever. I love yeah. doing it, right? Yeah. Uh, still to this day, I still, my dad and I still argue over cars. Uh, <laughs> what's a good car? What's a bad car? Yeah. And it's just, it's the r- dynamic of our relationship. Yeah. And... My mom, when I came out, she spent two weeks easily crying. Mm. And I remember my sister called me and she's like, hey, mom, or hey, Matt, you know, does mom have cancer? My sister was away at university, so she wasn't oh, in the house at that point. Right. Uh, she's noticed this shift in, in interacting with, and, with our mom. Yeah. And I was like, no, no. So I, my sister kind of figured out that something was up. So I told my sister. My sister was amazing, very supportive. Um, but then I realized I needed to tell my dad. Yeah. And my mom was pushing me to tell my dad. And I was really, really worried because mm-hmm. I've heard my dad make derogatory comments, not just about gay people. My dad would sometimes say derogatory comments about, you know, different uh, faiths uh, or different skin colors. Sure. So I had a fear already about my father yeah. and that rejection that comes with it. But I knew I had to tell him. Especially with such a close relationship, right? That's right. Yeah. Also, my dad was, was wondering what was up with my mom. So mm. we were, we were getting, getting it to a point where I think my mom would have told my dad if I hadn't. Right. So it was an interesting. I, I ended up telling my dad, and my dad stopped, didn't say a word. And to me, it felt like an eternity. Probably was like four seconds. But it felt like forever. Yeah. And my dad yeah. looked at me, and he's like, you still like cars, right? <laughs> and I just looked at him. I'm like, uh, of course I still like cars. I, 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 right. why, why, why would that change? And sure. that just showed me, you know, when I look back, sort of the ignorance that my dad had about what it meant to be gay. Because my dad only had what sort of how the mainstream media had portrayed people yeah. who are gay, especially in the, like the 80s and 90s at the height of the AIDS crisis. Those right. are things that were going through my parents. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I remember my mom said to me once, she's early on, she's like, you're going to get AIDS and die. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 
All right. And that, right. that was difficult. Right. Yeah, yeah. But um, I also knew that I had had sort of four years to come to grab come to grips with my sexuality. Mm-hmm. I couldn't expect them in the span of a, an hour or a mm. week to mm. immediately just be OK about it. I needed to I needed to go along with them. I needed as long as they were trying, I needed to be there with them. Yeah. And That's it wasn't like perfect. Really mature. Well, like. What else? What other option did I have, right? Sure. And trust me, I, my parents will tell you I didn't make it easy on them. I right. challenged them a lot, right. but that was my job. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting. My dad had the biggest 360 I've, or 180 that I have ever seen. Um, and my dad, embarrassingly, took this giant photo, probably only like an eight by ten, but in my mind it was giant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he would go around to all the Lutheran churches in Kitchener, Waterloo, mm-hmm. uh, and sort of the surrounding areas. And he would hold up a picture of me and he would talk about how the, you know, the Lutheran church needs to accept, you know, uh, gay people. And it was really embarrassing because he would talk, he would tell my story. And I remember I found out that he was doing this. He didn't even tell you. He didn't tell me he was doing this. I found out he was doing this because I had a girl at school. Mm. I was probably in grade 12, maybe grade 13 OAC at the time. And uh, I remember a girl at school come up to me and literally pulled me aside and said, uh, I think your dad spoke about you at my church this right. on, on Sunday, right. like yesterday. And I was like, oh, well, what did he say? Well, he told me that you were gay. <laughs> and I, you know, my heart sank You're into like, my oh, stomach. Yeah. And because I was only out to a few of my close friends at school. Mm. I was not out to this, like to, the, to her. Right. So that was a really, you know, my dad kind of, prompted me to come out of the closet at school too but you know kids are far more accepting than I think adults were back then mm-hmm. so I had no challenges kind of the more progressive generations coming up yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was that was it was such an odd experience to have yeah. my dad do this complete 360 and you know he he said to me he says you know I didn't understand he's like I I just didn't know he says and it's different because I have the same perception that I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said, but which is, I had the same perception that you had originally, Mm -hmm. which is that gay people acted and behaved a certain way. And that was the only way you could be gay. Yeah. And I certainly, certainly shouldn't diminish that because I certainly have flamboyant moments, you know, at pride, I will dress up in all sorts of colors. I might put a wig on and (laughs) shake my hair around and have a great time. Yeah. But that's that's not my identity. That's yeah. just something I like to do to go have fun. Sure. I'm still a normal person. I still like to, you know, yeah. work with my dad in the shop. I still like to work with my dad on his cars. I like to race cars against my dad and beat him every time. Nice. Yeah. So for it him. It settles all arguments about it, which cars are better, right? It does. Yeah, yeah. It does. Yes. Uh, it does. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, he, he needed to see it. Yeah. He needed to realize that this person who he loved and who he cared for, who he was an active participant in my life. Yeah. I wasn't any different. Yeah. It was just, he didn't know something about me. And that was what he said was the hardest thing for him was he said that, how did I not know that you were struggling with this for so long? Mm. And then how did I, how did I make it worse for you? Mm. He felt guilt. Yeah. And then when my dad felt guilt then I felt guilt, guilty because I feel like I didn't do him a, uh, sure, sure. like a solid, should I have come out earlier? Sure. Right. But I had fears associated with it. Yeah. Um, There's such a beautiful picture there about what true community uh, should look like. Um, it's like, I feel like even in the church, there's so much hiddenness, right? When actually the true sense of community 
is everything's out in the open. We can be fully who we are and still have true, honest, open love, right? Mm-hmm. So for, and what I found so compelling about the Christian narrative is, uh, you know, you're, you're pretty familiar with this, right? Look, people say God is omniscient. He knows all things, right? right? And in that knowing all things, he still decides. So to, to come down, this is the book of Philippians, right? You're maybe a little bit familiar with Bible stuff, right? He comes down as a man to be face to face with the very people who said, no, thank you. Um, and that's just like, it's, God's like, Hey, I am pursuing you. I want to be with you, love you. I know you. I want you to know me too. Yep. Right. Cause they just lost his heart every single time. Like when you, when you see the narrative over and over and over throughout the grand story of it, just forget his true heart every time and they get themselves into trouble. And it's like, Oh man, there's something so beautiful about that. Um, that we miss and the church misses it all the time. Um, and, uh, and so hopefully like with, um, with that story, um, like that story is so beautiful cause it so represents like I get to be face to face in your life in a more real way than has ever been before. Mm-hmm. And I'm your dad. Yeah. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you the most embarrassing moment I ever had with my dad was we were driving who knows where right. we were not far from the house. We were driving somewhere and there was a guy walking down the side of the road and my dad literally pointed out and was like, what about him over there? Huh? Like check him out. <laughs> and that was the one moment I said to my dad, dad, we can never do that ever again. <laughs> never ever again. I appreciate what you did. Can never do this ever again. Right. Right. right? No, yeah. that was, that was too much, but that was my dad trying to, he's coming along. He's coming along. Right. right. Like, uh, and, uh, I, couldn't have asked anything better from him. This sure. is a man that just his sure. whole values are around love and kindness and mm-hmm. being nice to people. And for someone whose values were that way, because mm-hmm. I've told you that he sometimes would say bad things about people. I yeah. think that in a way it prompted him to realize that even though he thought he was a kind, generous, welcoming yeah. individual, yeah. he might not have been. And he, he felt like he was doing that to his community, right? Mm-hmm. Like he felt, therefore, I am these ways with my community, yeah. but he didn't even realize that he was excluding others in mm-hmm. the way he was going about doing that. Right. And that was big and eye-opening for him, yeah. I think. Yeah. The, uh, also, what's part of the big narrative is, is generally, if God's going to speak harshly about something, um, it's, it's, uh, it's to the people who are supposed to be fully in the community. The outsider, it's always gentle include them, love, like be a part. They can be a part of the full promises of blessing that I have for all people of all time. That's right. Like that's the big story is that, you know, Jesus came for the world, you know? Uh, now we could parse out what that means, but ultimately that's the desire, right? Is, is, um, blessing the world, you know? Um, and, uh, and so hopefully, hopefully we can do better at that, you know? Um, and for the church, we have a lot of work to do and, you know, we can in, in correcting our own, you know, and, and being gentle towards the outside. And we often get that totally backwards. Um, I think what's, you know, I see a lot of things in the news right now that focus a lot on, you know, discrimination and whether it's people fighting to stop discrimination or people who are propagating discrimination. Mm. And, you know, sometimes, uh, in, 
being gay is, indifferent, is an interesting version of this because we're a hidden minority. It's really hard sometimes to tell right. that you have right. a, a minority or someone who is different from yeah. you around you like at Unless time. you're out walking, holding your partner's hand, like I would have no idea. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I just urge you to, you know, be mindful of the things we say yeah. around other people because they have downstream effects. We might not think that someone is feeling this way, um, but you never know who's around you questioning their sexuality yeah. uh, and just hoping for your love and your support. Sure. And you know, the best way we can do that is to just show love and kindness to everybody. That's it. That's it. That's Jesus saying, hey, my people love me first. And in that, you're going to love your neighbor. That's right. All right. Um, and sometimes for the, for the church, you know, uh, we kind of talk about it this way, like you need truth and love. Right, like we can't we can't just throw truth out the window. No, I think eventually we're going to realize some stuff's true, some stuff's not true. Like, right, right. Um, and so, but for the church, it's always well. If I love them, I'll just tell them the truth. Like, yeah, but not if you're a jerk about it. That's <laughs> right. Like, uh, so yeah, totally. Um, and I hope I hope we all get better at that. Last week we talked about and we kind of ended on this note um, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Right, we have so much power to bring life, and I, one of my favorite. Uh, things is that uh, Jesus is the word of God so and he walks around mm -hmm. as the full representation of who God is um, as his word as truth but he's still gentle and he gets invited to all the parties <laughs> <laughs> right? right like no no one was inviting the the, the Pharisees to the parties right no. they're getting jealous about that right like why is he a friend of of, of sinners you know um, and uh I, at one point, a few weeks ago, I'd said, hey, church, you got to stop going to bed at nine o'clock so you can start going to the parties. <laughs> it's tough right now with COVID. I go to bed at like 10 o'clock. Yeah, like, There's nothing better to do. I guess I'm going to sleep now. Totally, totally. Um, but hey, so we, we should wrap up just for the sake of time. Um, this is great, man. I really appreciate you coming in oh, and doing this. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. I always enjoy talking about this because at the end of the day, we don't see change. We don't make life better for you know, I can't make the life better for that 14-year-old boy. I had no one around me to sort of help me realize that I yeah. was normal. Yeah. And, sure. uh, and if this can change just one person's view so that that 14-year-old boy or girl has a different experience, yeah. then it's all totally. worth it. Yeah, totally. Um, and so I got you a little thank you gift to just show our appreciation. You do not have to do that. Yeah, I did have to do that. <laughs> Well, it's very kind. Don't fight me on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here we go. So um, you you can't come to church and not get a Bible. So you get a Bible in here, but there's something else too. Uh, uh, but I'll tell you about the Bible that I got for you. It's a special one. It's got uh, it's got uh, margins on the sides, so you can write notes in it. Oh. So um, I, you know, if if at some point you feel compelled to maybe journey through again, maybe even just hearing about there's there I have some answers about dinosaurs. <laughs> in a way that makes sense but if ever you feel compelled to kind of say hey okay you know what's that thing that was compelling my dad what's this thing that compels this weird dude sitting across me with a big shiny beard um and it's glorious just write all over it write your questions in it i'd love to just chat more as you as you journey that but i also 
Your, your favorite restaurant, remember when I asked you that? Yeah. Yeah, so I want us to get a gift card, but they don't do gift cards. Oh, they don't? No, so I got you an Uber Eats gift card uh, as well. This is from our church. Um, just to say we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Oh, for just that's coming. so kind. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. It's very yeah. kind. So there you go. That's for you, man. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. Can I, can I pray for us to, to close this out? I would value that. Yeah, sweet. Um, God, I thank you that... Uh, uh, you are like we've been talking about. You're a God of love, but you're you're more than that. You're God. You show us what that love really means. You pursue. You are patient. You are kind. You value face to face. You uh, your heart is actually to bring people in towards you, um, and uh, uh, and that's just beautiful. And so, hopefully, uh, as the church, we can be more like you in that. Um, we can speak truth when it's, when it's necessary. Um, but love would be the ethic that wins the day, um, that the rudder that guides the ship. And, uh, thank you, Jesus, for showing us exactly what that love looks like. You came down, we're face to face, um, to be with us, even when we were shouting, crucify him, crucify him and nailed you to a cross. You said, uh, that it was actually for your joy because that was the pathway. The cross was the pathway to bring us in. Um, and so thank you for that. And we pray this all in your name. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.